Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Gene Johnson. The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Downton Abbey After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Downton Abbey After Show. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Bingus for doing, and we are here doing another AfterBuzz TV After Show for Downton Abbey Series 4, Episode 1. I'm John Comerford, and I'm joined in the studio by... Tamara Berg. Hey, everybody. It's the UK The UK version, absolutely. And Abbey. helming the booth for us is Marissa Serafini. Marissa, thank you very much for doing this for us. Hello, everyone. I'm excited Dr. Nabby's back. I know. She's ah. going to be so busy keeping us on track. She may not be able to chime in from time to time, but, but thank you very much for... Anyway, okay, so uh, I just want to briefly start off by saying how uh, this thing was very well received in uh, Britain. Uh, they had it, I guess, about 10 million viewers. Yeah, I have this. I have the stats right here. Where are the, stats? the show drew an average audience of 9.5 million viewers, and that's almost 40 percent of the Sunday night viewing audience. 40 percent. That's amazing. Um, the the peak viewing was 10.5 million viewers, right. but the X Factor actually beat out the show Look in its that. entirety. But that's a huge, huge yeah, rating. Huge. Um, and it is also the the best ever UK viewing figures for a series opener. Wow. Okay. And very well received. I, I, I was reading the reviews. Almost everybody was saying how much they liked it. Of course, they had the haters too. But overall, I think everybody was happy to have it back and uh, anxious to see it. And we're, I think somebody was talking about how it was such a great respite from the reality uh, of, of Sunday night. <laughs> exactly. The, to to, to <laughs> go back you're in time. you going back to work on Monday. Exactly. To go back in time and enjoy Downton Abbey. Uh, so to get into this story now, uh, obviously, Mary has a big choice ahead of her, whether to choose the living or the dead. Uh, Nanny West gets sacked. But where I want to start off is where the show started off, which was the departure of Mrs. O'Brien and sneaking off like a thief in the night, as Lord Grantham says. And it was great, too, because that's pretty much what she did. The most hated Miss O'Brien. I know. And uh, even the way they shot it, everything was dark and everything. And she really did look like she was absconding or something like that was going on and, you know, just skirting away. Well, and granted, you know, part of it was probably that they didn't have the actress there. But but I also loved that, you know, we just saw feet underneath the bed and, you know, a little swish of something and a shadow of something. And of course, that's effective. Sets, and that sets off the whole thing for the episode. In terms, of, oh, uh, the next morning when you know, of course, word when, gets out when Anna turns on the light, she's not there, and then it becomes this whole thing. And I love the way they shot this. I like the the way they really covered the house and they showed the gossip just traveling through the household from upstairs to downstairs, all around. 
And I thought it was just beautifully uh, choreographed. Mm -hmm. And it reminded me of... Go ahead. You were going to say something? Well, I was just going to say, you know, the opening shot of this episode was... Normally, we see the beautiful, oh, yeah. majestic-looking Downton Abbey, right? Daytime. And, yeah. and here it was kind of – it was very dark mm-hmm. in the shadows, almost looking like a, you know, a mystery to begin a with. A foreboding. Yes. Yep. Yes. And, you know, that is the darkness that has – kind of followed us into uh, because you know we are in mourning so yeah exactly exactly so i just thought you know it was a different opening i don't know mm-hmm. if it's going to be the opening for yeah it's probably not going to be the opening for the entire season no, and but, if you recall last last series uh i don't know if it was the final episode or but i remember they had a new opening yeah then it was too. the christmas special christmas special yeah. thank you okay so there was a new opening there yeah uh, also can we just address for a second this is the first time that after buzz has done right. downton abbey to coincide with the uk airing of the the show right. and we usually have to wait until they air exactly. it in America. They, Wretched they, Americans, <laughs> we have to wait. So yeah, this is the first time we were doing it to coincide, and uh, looking forward to it. And hoping that uh, us Yankee interlopers will be. Uh, well received yeah. by our our cousins across the pond. Cut us, cut us a little bit of slack. Yeah, I am a ed- huge Anglophile. Yeah, educate us when we make a mistake. Yeah, but do but, it kindly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Bear with us. We're doing our best, and we love the show, and that's why we're here. So, yeah. so we're pretty excited about this. So, uh, I thought you know, before we get into Mrs. Hughes, uh, Mrs. Hughes, excuse me, Mrs. So Brian's departure. This is six months after uh, we left off with the, the, the um, death of Matthew. So uh, that's why all the the darkness and the the mourning going on here. So, Mrs. O'Hughes, uh, Mrs. O'Hughes, <laughs> Mrs. O'Brien <laughs> scuttles off in the middle of the night, uh, and when Anna finds her, and then the gossip travels through. And I again, I'm, I'm gonna, I know I've already talked about, it, but I just love the way it just, uh, you know, just followed the gossip. You just followed the gossip through the downtown. That shot from above oh, of yeah. when when word got out with the servants. It was they were in the main hall. In I the, think right, in that beautiful main hall. Yeah. And it was it was just great to see. It was really yeah. interesting and, and you got a lot of the energy without hearing the words. And right. I, like, you didn't need to hear the words. But, and also it, it brought us right back. It reminded us why we liked the high clerk. Oh, excuse me. Uh, <clears throat> Downton Abbey. Downton Abbey. Beg your pardon. Uh, go ahead. You were going to say something? No, nope, go ahead. Okay. Well, I, I just really enjoyed that. I, I do want to remark that somebody was talking about uh, – somebody made a comment about how uh, they don't like Downton Abbey – to watch Downton Abbey as much anymore So it could, because it's so clearly no longer shot at High Clare Castle and that the production value is, has been lost because they're in the studio now. And I'm like, are you crazy? Did you not see that opening? That was not shot on some in a studio. studio somewhere. That was seven there. Now, downstairs is in a studio. And, and it always, always has been. been. Exactly. Yeah. So – yeah, but upstairs is in High Clare right. Castle, mostly. Okay, so let's get into the repercussions of Mrs. O'Brien leaving. So uh, uh, now they've got to find somebody else. And, uh, you know, where are they going to look? And uh, the way uh, Cora was just so, oh, my, devastated by this. And how could it happen? And uh, how could Susan do this to me? Um, how could she not tell me? Yes, exactly. And, and, and they're taking care of Rose, her daughter, at the same time. Right. While Rose is under our roof, <laughs> I know. she's highly indignant about that. I know, and, and, and I was kind of surprised by it too. But of course, it was set up last series because you know we saw how uh, Mrs. O'Brien got along with uh, um, Susan, Lady, Lady Flincher, Flincher, I should say, mm-hmm. uh, and how they wanted. To, well, she, Mrs. O'Brien, had talked about how she loved would love to travel, and they were going to go to India and stuff, and so that's how that was all set up. So anyway. Uh, but it was kind of shocking. Well, even more shocking than that, that it all happened, was that Rose seemed to take responsibility for it, which seemed so out of character to me because Rose didn't really seem to care about anything. Well, it was interesting. When she walked in the breakfast room, they right. were talking about it. She yeah. walked in and said, it's all right, I know. And mm-hmm. Lord Grantham, no, it isn't all right. Exactly. Apparently, it's really devastating well, to lose yeah. a, a servant like that yeah. in that time. But 
Um, but Without yeah. notice or warning or anything like that. And I guess that's the thing that they well, were really warning. Well, and I know, th- you know, it's someone who lives with you and takes care of your most intimate issues But do you sometimes. think it was that so much or was it because that Lady Flincher was the one that stole her? Basically, because I think that's the thing that was uh, yes. most upsetting. Yes, so how I could think that, that happen? was more upsetting for yeah. sh- for sure, for mm-hmm. sure. Because because she just extended such a huge courtesy to bring Rose in, right? And this is how it was repaid. Yeah, that is a betrayal. There's no yeah. question. So uh, that was uh, well. Anyway, more than anything, I was just wondering: Do you think Rose has got something else? I mean, she doesn't know who she eventually found. Right. So let's well, let's go to that okay. first. Right. So, so she Rose puts, decides she's going to put a card up in right. the local shop and isn't willing to even tell for what. Remember the the woman asked yeah. for well, who's a four what position and she doesn't even say. Well, and Does it I, matter? I, but I thought that was a little bit odd. It was odd. So you're going to put the card in and go. I need someone to call me for something. <laughs> yeah, but she wasn't willing to tell this person. But I'm going. Oh, so all she has already to do is walk out and read the window. I know. But so all, already I'm going. Okay, what's up her sleeve There's and some, why is she doing this? Right. Exactly. There's so, some subterfuge. Going yeah, on yes. There. Exactly. And we already know Rose is. Not, well, let's say she's fast and loose with the truth. Can mm-hmm. we say that? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, based on where we found her in the jazz clubs. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and how James had, uh, Matthew had to save her. Yes. Like yes. Rather than the character. So, uh, yeah, she puts the card out. And, of course, who would find it was Edna. Of Edna. all people. Mm-hmm. Edna. Edna, yes. Beautiful, interesting Edna. And, 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 but isn't this great? Because I, when we first learned that Shibon was going to be leaving the show, I'm going to, who are they going to get? To fill that void of that kind of uh, oh, negativity and right. uh, whatever devilishness, I guess. What right. You know, and then when you saw her, I went, oh, perfect. What nice. a conniving thing. Yes, made. exactly. What an operator. Right. So she's going to fill in nicely, I think. I mean, we saw her last season, uh, series, um, you know, trying to get uh, together with uh, Branson and the trouble that caused. And, uh, and I thought it was just great how that all came around because we know that she's up to no good to some fashion. She's even lying about whether or not she's actually staying with her aunt or helping her aunt. Right. Because, uh, she's, you know, Cora kind of catches her a little bit when they have their little interview at the uh, uh, tea that they were having. Mm-hmm. And you, okay, so what's up? You know, she's supposedly, she says, oh, I've gone away. I've got some training. I can do hair now. <laughs> so now I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a lady. Exactly. I'm a re- so, but well, I'm, I'm fascinated. So this is going to be the, the, the nice twist here because she's going to go ahead. Right. Well, and I just think it's so, I just think it's so interesting that in that conversation, there ha- so it's, it's Rose and, uh, Lady Grantham yeah. and Edna sitting there talking. Well, of course I'll have to speak to Mrs. Hughes. Oh, as it happens, I've got a perfect reference, reference for Mrs. Hughes. So oh, yeah. it's all working out just right for her. Yeah. And it's so perfect. It, too perfect. I said, how is it, you know, and I'm wondering, okay, the, Rose doesn't know her. I mean, there's no indication that she does. Right. So, uh, but there's something going something on. Something is going on. Right. And I think they did a really good job of like not telling us so that we go, okay, this is good. So unless she does know, yeah. But I mean, why? If she knew, why would she put the card out? Wouldn't she just go get her and go? Edna, here's what oh, we're yeah, gonna do. So point. there's no point of putting the card out. But it and uh, but it seems like they Edna and Rose have separate agendas going on. That I don't think they to coincide. be complementary. Yeah, they just happen to work in. So that'll be interesting because I, I really don't believe that Rose is just doing this because she feels responsible. No, I have a hard time believing that. No, I, maybe maybe part of it is that she's thinking that Edna. Because she's young and pretty, will kind mm. of be on Rose's side, yeah. you know. Because Rose is always trying to get away with something. Yeah, yeah. Maybe she wants somebody to, you know, uh, be the ear cover of, or uh, cover for her. Yeah, or something. Yeah, it could be. And, and then that may be enough. But what's Edna's agenda? Because she clearly wants to get back into down. Is I it, think I mean, Edna's agenda is. You think it's Branson still? Branson, really? I so? do. Okay, all right. 
All right. Well, I can believe that. I mean, because she was very interested before. I'm, I'm, I'm very much liking living at Downton Abbey, if you know what I mean. Uh, she yeah, says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and uh, even better was the the little tete-a-tete with the three Mrs. Right. Hughes, Carson, and right. Branson. So they're all sitting like in <laughs> yeah. a darkened room, yeah, trying Carson's to figure room. out how to deal what are we with do this. now. Right. Yeah, she's coming back. And we put her there because I, you made me give her that reference. Mrs. Hughes tells uh, uh, Branson, and for good reason, because he didn't want her to lose a gig. And, so, uh, and then it's Carson that comes up with the, the placation to say, okay, well, we'll just have to deal with it. We're going to let her stay, and we're just going to make sure she behaves. Right. That's going to happen. Right. And Mrs. Hughes, this sounds like a ticking time bomb to me. <laughs> yeah, and it, it clearly is. Yeah, yeah. Signpost. Yeah. Going to be. Clearly going to be a ticking time bomb. But. I don't know. Do you think that Thomas is, or Tom, I guess we call him Tom. Let's just call him Branson. Mm-hmm. Do you think Branson is going to succumb to her no. womanly wiles? No, I don't. For, for many reasons, but we'll get into those when we talk about predictions. predictions. Yeah. Okay. But I don't think, I don't think that'll be it. But I think that's the, that's what will have her turn even more evil because he won't succumb to her wiles. Oh. So now she'll be a woman scorned. I came all the way back here, and you're not going to follow through on this? Are you kidding me? And then she's going to make everybody's life hell. That'll be good. Yeah, that'll be nice. That'll be she's nice. Um, She's got a look to her. You know, physically, yeah. her look mm-hmm. is so interesting that, you know, she could easily go angelic or evil. Oh. And so, and, I mean, just in my mind, because she's mm-hmm. so pretty, but she yeah. has those kind of pointy eyes that could, you know, if you accentuate. <laughs> and for those who were just listening, Tammy, yeah, I'm going like this. I'm not exactly sure how to describe. She's making pointy well, eyes. Well, she's it, she just has one of those faces. You don't yeah. instantly look at her and go, "Angel." You go, "Hmm, there's something mm-hmm, else going on yeah. there." So, the devil I'm, within. Yeah. Right. I'm looking forward to yeah. what Edna's going to be bringing to Downton Abbey. Yeah. I mean, we've lost a villain, so yeah, and we've we have to replace it with somebody. And uh, you know, so who will that be? And here it is, Damn Edna, rather than Dame Edna. <laughs> that's how I'm going to call Damn her, Damn Edna. Edna. So good one, John. All right. So that's how hashtag we'll, Damn Edna. There you go. Uh, all right, so that takes us over to Mary because obviously Mary is the one uh, that, that pretty much, well, her arc, I should say, is the overriding arc for this yeah. particular episode because she's the one dealing uh, most um, traumatically and most deeply with uh, Matthew's death, of course, mm-hmm. as, you, as you would expect. And we start her off, the first time we see her, we start her off with Anna and, you know, Anna's trying to get her ready and dressed and she's all in black and Anna offers her uh, the lilac shawl or lavender covering whatever yeah. it might have been and she says no where's the where's black, the black one? one so and right there she's completely in her morning and and in a weird way and i'm going to say this and it's not going to make any sense she's happy in her morning meaning that she has mm-hmm. no interest in doing anything but grieve and mourn and not even to the point where she's not even she's just ignoring the baby to some degree to most degree Right. She's very resigned to it, it feels like to me. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm not not going on a world tour. (laughs) Right. And just, you know, as much as it's interesting because she talks about it later and we'll talk about the scene more um, with Maggie Smith. But she says, you know, any kind of life and and warmth that was in me that Matthew saw is just gone. That he right. saw on me is, has is, melted is, is away dry, and dried, dried up. up. Yeah, and and it may not may never have existed to begin with. It might have been only in his imagination. And I thought, wow, that's where she is. The idea, the thought that anything that was good about you in some, because I think that's where she is. Anything that might have been light or good about her uh, was only seen through his eyes, and that since mm-hmm. those eyes can no longer see, it doesn't exist. 
and therefore I'm just this cold and dead. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, She's a zombie. It, yeah. Exactly. And that's what I, you know, because they talk about how cold she was and all that other stuff. Well, and he, she, and Matthew talked about that yeah. in series three about how, and and actually, I think it was the Christmas special from the, from series two where he, uh, maybe not, but where he was uh, proposing to her and right. they were deciding to be together, mm-hmm. um, and then you know in the the run up to their wedding, yeah. you know, she kept she kept saying, you know, sort of par- to paraphrase, I love who I am as you see me. Exactly. Yeah. And of course that's what love is kind yeah. of, you know, see, see. getting, getting to see yourself through the eyes of one who, who loves love you. you. Um, and, and the idea that that could never return because he can't return. Yeah. I could see that happening. Yeah. I mean, and that's just, she, she, I don't think she can see a future for herself, even though she has a son desperately in need of a mother. Yeah. Uh, but you know, the nanny's taking care of that, which we'll talk about the nanny in a bit. Oh, yeah. Nanny. So I, and that part was, it was difficult to watch because I'm going, you have a son, but you know, I guess if you have people taking care of the son and you can't even take care of yourself or even see yourself being worthy of it, it doesn't matter. Right. But I wanted, I'm just like, sort of shake her. Well, but also she, she brings off that line, you poor little orphan. Yeah. She, in her for mind. For George. Yeah. And so she's, she's passing along her mm. pain right. to her child who doesn't even know it yet and, and endowing him with, with this, this great loss. Yes. And, and it was oddly echoed in the fact that, you know, cause she's saying basically she doesn't exist. But even in the eyes of the law, she barely exists because no now that Matthew's dead, it it everything that Matthew was about kind of bypasses her and goes over to George, so she doesn't even have position, right? As a lady, right? I, and I was, you know, and they kept hitting that. They rang that bell a few times, and I under obviously I know that's how it was done back then, but it's still shocking when you think about it because, you know, it all went to George, and she was, you know, and even Lord Grantham when he was talking about her, you know, even Cora was saying. You know, you know, she, she's well. Branson was saying she he would like her to be part of the playing, and she's right. not a player in this. Like right. Branson was saying, and 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 it, when Cora was bringing it up, he said, "Look, it's not. She was never a part of this anyway. Yeah, that's just the way it is. And it's it. I'm gonna have to take care of it because uh, Matthew and I were partners, and now I'm gonna take care of the kid. And and she doesn't have a say in it, basically. Yeah, you know, just going. So not a, no anywhere where she looks, she kind of is just kind of pushed to the side in some degree in in her mind anyway i don't right think and that. you know we are in the 20s now and so yeah. so life is changing we saw life changing a little bit yeah um as the you know as they as matthew and lord grantham retooled the estate right. and how you know things are changing we have a we had a mixer yes literally yes, a, that was an electric i love mixer how they keep in. bringing every every once in a while they're bringing a newfangled object <laughs> but so there's this this new attitude about women and their and their mm-hmm. rank and possibility right. in the world as well and lady edith was talking about that go ahead nope uh, because uh, i know we we're going to talk about lady edith later but just because you made that brought up that point she was talking about how, uh, you know, to be, to meet Michael Gregson, you know, in public. Right. And how it was just that shocking. Couldn't have done scandalous. this five years ago. I couldn't even done this five years ago. And then she's, and she, uh, if we compare how Mary was looking at all in that black, that long, heavy black and, you know, always long sleeves, the whole thing. And here Lady Edith is stepping out in this flapper outfit. And you can actually see a slit Leg. in her dress. I'm going, hello. Before you, the ankles were covered. And here we are, the roaring 20s beginning. And we got a slit in her dress. She's looking great. I mean, that's a big change between the two. And, and, and again, furthering where we are in the times. Right. You know, one of the other things that I appreciate about, uh, appreciate about the show is that 
we do have um, Lady Cora coming in, right. giving because this is, show is such a huge hit in mm-hmm. the U.S. I think almost bigger than it is in the U.K. Um, just from the popularity standpoint, right. everyone's talking about it. Everybody's you know mm-hmm. constantly excited about Downton Abbey. I love that there's a little bit of an infusion of the American sense, mm-hmm. partly to help us understand, and also this thing about property. Right. Where, you know, it, for, forever it has all passed through the men and women are left, left penniless. Yeah. And, you know, Cora is the one who brought the American money into yes. the family in the first place. And so it's, it's interesting to see the counterpoint and how, um, the attitudes are different yeah. and how the, you know, the law is different and, um, to, to, to allow there to be a discussion there. Mm-hmm. Because if it was an entirely British, um, population within mm-hmm. the show yeah. that conversation wouldn't come up it as much happen. and so yeah, i really like that we can yeah. you know that we can see that and and discuss yeah. it and debate it a little bit yeah, in that's this context great why, and even cora was bringing it up when yeah. they were talking about it. i thought that was terrific and you know just to help us along for no other reason but it also it allows you to explain what was going on at the time because not everybody knew right uh but let's get back to mary a little bit more about because we see that uh, lord grantham is protecting his daughter as, as he should as the father and everything shielding he her is shield, the word exactly he used. not letting him you know wanting her to heal and not even I mean, the way he was, it was so condescending to some degree. I'm going, geez, for crying out loud. But, you know, she, Mary was actually appreciative she was of it. She's fine she, with she's it. She's like, yeah, that, you know what? I don't want to deal with it. I'm going to resign myself. I'm going to, you guys deal with it all. It doesn't even want to. But of course, Branson doesn't want to, because anybody should understand it. Branson should. He knows what it's like to lose a spouse and lose a great love. In fact, when he was talking with, uh, I thought that was one of the best lines. Oh, when my he was gosh. talking with Lord Grantham. And Lord, you know, he's, he, he, Branson says he loved her very much and, and with great, Love comes great misery when one of you dies. And Grantham is so oblivious. Right. And Branson's sitting there on, yeah. uh, duh, uh, I dude. Know. Exactly. I got it. Yeah. But that was the thing about this episode that I was also saying. Hello. Uh, you know, why isn't, I know, you know, Branson clearly should have been the one to, to help in some degree. And, and he was trying to because he was, he, he was obviously, Realizing that you need to get back in the game here. It's been six months, and we need just take an interest in anything. And and it, he obvi- from his own pain, he was realizing that. Mm-hmm. And you know, he had his daughter to take care of. So right, he was in. But but there wasn't a lot of talk about that. About Sybil being gone. Yeah, and I was kind of shocked by that. And I mean, I know that Mrs. Hughes talked to uh, Lady Grantham about it, saying that if anybody should be able to talk to you. Uh, a daughter about Lou and you know uh, Mrs. Grantham, Lord Grantham. I'm no, sorry, Lady, Lady Grantham, Grantham says, you know, I don't think so because if I had lost an only daughter, I'd be a wreck. Right, but I would have died exactly. And I'm going, but yeah, but why? You know, I just thought that was a misstep for me. I wanted that explored more because it was almost as if they kind of just forgot that Sybil had died. Well, but it's been a while since I, Sybil I died. I know, but how do you forget your own child dying? And you barely, I mean, they barely even touched upon it. And I thought that would be the thing that you would go to. And and I know Lord Grantham forgot it, and then he then he realizes his mistake with Branson, and he says, "Oh, geez, I'm so sorry." But I'm going to. Wouldn't anybody look? If there's anybody that would understand this, it's him. He's right. been through it, and it was and it wasn't that long ago. It was right. Three, what two, three? Right. Years. So you're saying it's not so much that they didn't mention it; it's that they didn't explore they, how t- how Branson right was connected to losing a spouse at the mm-hmm. bloom of their love and, yeah, and, and they, all of that. They had the argument here with Lord Grantham saying, hey, look, just let her deal with it in her own way in her right. own time. She can't just just protect the crap out of her. So she's shielded by everything and doesn't experience life. And then you have the other argument, which on the other side was... was uh, Get uh, out and come back to Exactly, life. you know, come back to life, which I totally agree with. And 
obviously that won out. But there wasn't anybody just really talking about, you know, I, I, look, we've been here before. Yeah. We know we know how to help these people through this. Right. I mean, we, and I just was going, how could you? That's to me was a misstep. Okay. But anyway. I could support you on that All argument. Right, well, All right. But so. <laughs> Uh, obviously, Branson is getting nowhere with Grantham, so he decides to enlist some help. And who does he go to? <laughs> but Carson. And it, I thought that you know, when he goes in to see Carson, and Daddy it, Number Two, exactly. And I'm getting nowhere with him. But who else? But obviously, Carson is Daddy Number Two. Really has the ear of uh, Lady Mary. Yes, he so, does. But I thought the meeting between Carson and Branson the first time was very was good. Yes. Because, you know, you had, the, they, you know, Carson still has kind of some animus there and some just right. difficulty with Tom Branson because he's. When he called her Mary. Yeah, Mary I mean, Lady Mary. Lady Mary, all that kind of stuff. So, you, so, you, so they, they're carrying that along, which is nice because Carson's not like, like they to change too quickly. <laughs> but he does see the value in speaking to Mary because he knows that Mary needs to be moved along. She yes. needs to be, uh, start to heal and to, you know, move on with life because she has a child to take care of. Yes. Uh, and then, but. I was so stunned by how I thought it was great, the scene between he and Carson, when she decides she goes, well, in, in some sense, goes off on him because he's overstepped. Dresses him down was what I read. Oh, she yeah. just dressed him yeah, down. But, Who the heck do you think you are? But, but you know, it's but my a, fault. But it, but it was, it. It was yeah. so much more of a demeaning way she yeah, said oh, it. It was it's, terrible. It's, it's my fault for allowing you uh, exactly. to think. I know. It was which shocking. Which felt like so much more sickening to me as I, I was listening to it. Yeah. I was always watching it. I was like, ah, this feels uh, awkward. Right. I felt really bad for Carson. And it was just – and just – she just seemed that, – that was the cold Mary and the heartless uh, one uh-huh. that we, we knew in the beginning. Yep. It's like, wow, she's back. Damn. Right. That was terrible. Right. But I loved that the moment before – so he took it. Yeah. He heard her say yeah. – Oh, no, you don't. Yeah. And walked out, and just before he left, yeah. he said, you're letting yourself be defeated. Yeah. And I'm sorry if I have to say this or if I'm overstepping it's, it's my back. It's a lapse for me to say. Right, overstepping yeah. my mark or yeah, whatever exactly. it is, but someone has to say it. Which is the thing that you wanted because yeah. you wanted somebody to shake her. I thought that was incredibly courageous was. of him. And I honestly thought that he, the, the way he was looking and the way she was talking yep. to him, I thought he was just going to leave. Leave it. And I thought it was great that he turned and said, no, no, no. And just let it hang there. Right. Which just shows me that it's not it's not about him in that moment. Mm-hmm. It was about her. Because as uncomfortable as it was for him yeah. to turn back and say, I think that you are letting yourself being defeated, that's a that's a difficult conversation to have with yeah. Mary. Mm-hmm. And 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 it took he took the courage and and you know, gave it back to her and said, Look, here's the here's the reality of mm-hmm. what I think about this. Yeah. I'm gonna do what you say. Because you're my fake daughter. <laughs> and, and it's my position. And it's my position. To shut up and not say anything. As, but as, go ser- as servant to shut yeah. up. But as number two dad, yeah. I have to say That's it. it. Mm-hmm. And thankfully you did. Yeah. So, But it, it still kind of didn't wasn't enough. Because you know, later on we have the, the dowager. That, oh, the my dowager God. That Once again, Maggie Smith. <sighs> Boxed it out of the park. Yeah. <sighs> Because I, I just loved that scene. I thought it was, for me, it was the best scene. I mean, there was a lot of scenes that I really enjoyed. I enjoyed oh the whole episode. I'm really happy to have it back. But, yeah, that scene. And, and I, I thought it was great, you know, because they obviously had the scene at the dinner table where, you know, Mary flips out and decides, yes. I got to, you know, leave me alone. My husband, don't you know what it's like? And she just yes. storms out. And Dowager says, okay. Uh, and 
Lord Grantham says the, the idea, like, see, this is what I was afraid of, and don't you agree, Mother? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I can't win with his mom. No way. <laughs> well, and that's one of the things that we love about Maggie Smith's character is because yeah. she is so entrenched in the tradition. Right. She's so prepared to staunchly defend mm-hmm. where they have always been. And then she continually comes up and surprises us and goes, yeah. you know what? No to that. Yeah. And then that when she has that scene, uh, when the... Uh, Dowager and Mary have that scene together. And yeah. I just, the whole thing with Mary, you know, just lying in bed and being untouched. Half by dead. It, half dead. It, she almost looked like she was in a coffin. Mm-hmm. She's wearing the black and the whole thing. Yep. Dead eyes, the whole thing. And, you know, she's uh, saying, oh, you're supposed to want me to apologize for acting badly. And, of course, Dowager says, why would I care? I'm not your governess. I'm your grandmother. And, you know, when she says, what difference would that make? Because And then it was the way that Maggie chose to say, I'm your grandmother because I love you. And the, the hesitation she had, it was almost like she has, it, never, said has that. never said it. Or if she has, it's been very few and far between. But the way she did it, then, then you realize the weight of that because she took her time to say that because it's not something they say often. No. And, and then the, the, the way that uh, Mary, uh, well, I should say Michelle, the actress, took that. And let that moment sit and then responded as like, oh, wow, that was huge. I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. And then you see the touch at the end and everything because I don't imagine there's not a touch. There's not a lot of that happening no. in that family no. now. But you could see that she started – and that's where, of course, they, they had the conversation about the softness in her and right. maybe all gone. But then you see that moment there with the grandmother and, and, and you forget for a second the dowager and you forget the, the, who Lady Mary is. You, you kind of just see the grandmother trying to help a granddaughter yes. in that moment. And I thought, OK, well, there is some light there. There is – you could see that there is some softness still in her and that somebody else sees it as well. Mm-hmm. But even seeing that, you know that the dowager realizes she's not – she even says, you, you may not be the kind of mother that you're, that Matthew might have thought you would be, but that doesn't mean you can't be a great mother. Yeah, because there are mother. many kinds of good mothers. Kinds of mother. To hopefully give her a view of the possibility that she has as a mother mm-hmm. and the effect she could have on George. Yeah. So, anyway, very effective. And then isn't it right after that that she goes back into the stairwell and then decides to go back uh, in the stairwell is where – She's headed upwards and she stops and then she decides that she needs to go do- talk to Carson and apologize. I don't know if it happens right after. It is. But it I think it, it, I'm okay. pretty sure it's right after. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to talk about that because the stairwell is very is very well used in this particular episode. Yes. Uh, you know, the first time we see uh, Mary coming down the stairwell in this episode, Edith is going up the stairwell. Mm-hmm. And you know, she's got the Valentine card from uh, Michael Gregson and stuff like that. And they meet right. on the stairwell. And then it's, a, it's one of those classic sister scenes between the two of them. Where I you can swear see I got frostbite on that moment. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, really? Do they hate each other that much or they just don't know each other? I mean, they know obviously they know each other. I don't mean that. What I mean is they just seem so awkward like they can't ever have a regular conversation. I know. Well, it reminded me of... The moment before Edith's wedding where they mm-hmm. were taking pictures outside the church. Yeah, yeah. And let's pretend like we... Let's pretend at least, because this is a beautiful day, let's yeah. at least for this moment pretend like we like each other. It's like, <laughs> And you know, we've, yeah. I've talked about this before. I love my sisters very yeah. much. I'm very close with my sisters. And so the idea of them not only not being close, but being a million miles apart mm-hmm. from each other and having that, you know, just icy... Mm-hmm. Chasm between them oh, is very strange to me, but I mean, I know yeah. it's. I'm, I'm sure it's real, and, and yeah, lots of people have it in their families. Yeah, we did. But I just like the way it was shot. I like the way that yes. the, the way they were costumed. I yes. mean, 
just everything about that particular scene was wonderful. And then Edith goes up, enjoy your day, Mary yeah, says, yeah, or whatever ha- it is. Have a happy time. Have a happy time. Yeah, yeah, have a happy time. And, and then, then, she, then when she turns on and gets to the landing, she's just staring at the, the bottom of the stairs, the foot of the stairs, and you, you have this memory. And that angle shot, I don't know if it's an exact duplicate of the the, the other scene from Series 3 when she and Matthew are down there and he, they're professing, or she's professing his Probably, love. Yeah. yeah. I, I, think I, I, don't it's, I think it's Series 2, actually. Series 2, I beg your pardon. Uh, but just it just evoked enough you you know because when i first saw the shot i'm going what is it why is it oh oh yeah i knew it instantly when i saw it i knew it right away because i remembered that so yeah vividly when i when we watched it it. was just it was such a memory of what was what could have been between she and matthew what was and you know hopefully what would have been if it had not died and Mm. it was just the look on her face was just devastating that she's just coming down the stairs and she's reminded of that and I just thought that was great. Heart wrenching. It was heart wrenching, but and also I thought it was interesting that they chose that same stairwell. Of course, which other stairwell would you take? But why shoot it on a stairwell when she, after the dowager t- says all this, and she has that moment on the stairwell where she's heading up now, and she's making the decision, like you know what, this is the time when she wants to apologize, to, right? To, to, because obviously, whatever dowager said got to her. Yeah. And she realized there was something here. So I just think it was interesting that they chose the two stairwells, you know, and the way they did it. And what I, what kind of came to me at this moment when, when she was getting ready to go talk to Carson, and I don't mean this yeah. literally, I mean it figuratively, that, you know, there's nowhere to go but up. Yeah. From here. Uh-huh. You know, because she was in such a terrible place and obviously right. literally, literally she went downstairs. Obviously, clearly. But, um, but, but that was, to, that was to, that sense that I had. Yeah. There was, there was, there was a possibility of, of rising from, from where she was. And for me, I took it as this is before I can move up, I have to acknowledge oh. and, and make amends for this moment because I realized I was wrong here. And, 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 and until I do that, I can't move forward. That's um, right. That's right. I think that's good. So, I think that's anyway, good. So, yeah. And uh, it was, but you know, I don't know. There was a lot of people talking about that scene between uh, Mary and uh, Carson. Carson, where, where talk about overstepping the bounds. She's crying and he's holding her and stuff. I go, whoa, whoa, hey, hello. Oh, good lord, this is a servant. He shouldn't be doing that. But. I cannot watch another person cry without crying, and I can't obviously even think about it oh, because yeah, starting it's starting to tear up right now. Uh-huh. I mean, it could be the most nasty person in the world if they start mm-hmm. shedding real tears. I mm-hmm. burst into tears myself. Yeah. But so, so he says, does this mean that you've decided to return to the land of the living? Yeah. If so, I'm glad. Yeah. And that, of course, is coming back up what the dowager said. Not that they had a scene together, but the dowager said, you have a very clear choice ahead of you. You can either yeah. choose the living or choose the dead. Yeah. So. But that moment of her just crying and sobbing, you know, yeah. just finally letting it all go was incredibly touching. And and it was the opportunity for us to see that there is, you know, there's life after Matthew. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that, because you, you know she's not going to be touchy-feely and all warm fuzzy and everything. Right, like but she's we do also be... know, you know, spoiler alert, it's not like it's a big surprise. Yeah, they're going to be, you know, they keep talking about, they've been talking about the casting for um, Lady Mary's love, love interest. interest. Yeah. So there was going to be some romance yeah, coming yeah, in. Um, so, you know, we know that's yeah. coming and it was, but it was just nice to see that, just, sorry to use the cliche, but see the ice finally break and her yeah. go through it. Because right. that's not how people dealt with gra- mm-hmm. grief back then. And well, for me, when I saw all that, I said, okay, so George might have a, f- a mother after all. So yeah. He might have a shot here. So 
Prince George. Prince George. Of course. Do you think that was an accident? They named him Prince. That Julian Fellows decided to name him George. Like, uh, I what do you think? I love it. I don't think it was an accident at all. There's nothing's that, okay. accidental yeah, in know, television but, anymore. I mean, it was kind of an filmmaking. Um, you know, it's like a nod to the young prince. Or what? I think it's sweet. I think okay. it's cute. I think it's a little like. You know, it's an Easter egg. It's a little of those. So you know, it's just nudge, bringing nudge. the future into the past, so to speak. I guess. Okay. I just think it's a fun little Easter yeah. egg. That's all I think right. it is. Okay. So, but it's good to see that uh, that's come through. Oh, and then Mary's last scene. Sorry, oh, I yeah. About Mary's that. last scene. So, yeah, because, Lord, yeah, they find, you know, Mary's been saying, no, I don't want to be involved with this. Branson wants her and Grantham saying, no, leave her alone, leave her alone. Mm-hmm. And finally at the luncheon, she, you know, at the last minute she shows up. And, of course, she's no longer wearing the black. She is wearing the lilac and the blue or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we see that okay, she really has. She, and man, she had a presence there, wouldn't? Didn't? Yes. And Branson, of course, gives up his chair for her, which I thought was a nice little touch. But I just like the way she was uh, comported herself in that moment mm-hmm. and, and and asking questions. And you know, they kind of just pulled away on that, so you know, okay, she's back. Right. So, now let me ask you just to to speculate on this. How do you think Mary will be as? Um, as a presence for herself and her family and the estate. I mean, well, she, you know, she's kind of a modern gal, but yeah. she's not as plugged in as Edith. No, but I think because she's, you know, she's obviously highly intelligent and she even said, you know, I have ideas. She did. You're she right. Did. And, you know, when she wanted her way with Matthew, she knew how to go about getting it. You're right. And so <laughs> I hope they're going to turn her into this tycoon kind of thing where, you know, she's a formidable force um, like her grandmother. And, and her mother, both of her grandmothers, well. so to speak. Yeah, her mother too, but her mother's way more genteel than I would think True. Uh, anybody would uh, accuse Mary of being. I think Mary's way more forthright. And, I agree. And forthcoming, I should say, uh, and forthright. But uh, that's what I want to see because you know, then I think you're going to get a lot of pushback. You know, not only from her father, but right? Uh, I mean, even, even from her grandmother, uh, either one. But but I think that will be great because then it will have some nice conflict and all that other stuff. But I think you'll see her trying to grow into that, uh, you know, to fighting against those kinds of laws. And, Conventions. Yeah, not, mm-hmm. and not necessarily that she's going to fight a law, but the fact that she doesn't have a say in her son's or in her, in her husband's inheritance uh, and it's going right to her, uh, her son. I mean, that kind of thing. I think she's going to come up against that all the time. And I think she's formidable in that regard. And I think uh, she'll step into that with great uh, fervor. And I think that would be fun. You were going to say verve too, weren't yeah, you? I was going to say verve, but that didn't sound right. Okay. <laughs> it's the 20s. Yeah, could, exactly. For, there could be vervy things yeah, happening. Yeah, all right. Well, we got we got to move on to other stuff. Oh gosh, we really do. Uh, My uh, goodness, I yeah. didn't see the time. Yeah. Okay, let's, let's talk ta- about let's, Nanny West. Let's talk Nanny West. We bring in Nanny West, and oh, she looks like such a wonderful nanny, right? Yeah. You know, one of those classic British nannies. Not as classic as shall we say McPhee or no. <laughs> Poppins or anything like that, but she looked like a great little. Uh, She's nice and round, yes, which and we round. like in our nannies. She seems very cheery, mm-hmm. and you know. Of course, for whatever reason, it does, doesn't want Thomas to touch the children at all. She just, Tom, she and Thomas just don't get oh along. Oh my God! Don't and I'm start. wondering, did she does she know about Thomas? Has she heard about Thomas being such a bad guy? Right. Or I'm going because you didn't see her being that way. Well, that's not true because when uh, Isabel wanted to go see the children, she wouldn't even she let wouldn't her let her in. And I go, wait a minute, I'm the, grandma. The, I get the, to do whatever. Exactly. I want. The nanny can tell you when you can see the kids and when you can't. You're the grandmother. What? That seems so odd to me. Yeah. And I'm going, is that, is that, that's legit? They could do that? I guess so. Apparently I can't so. believe the grandma's the screw, nanny. Exactly. The, screw you. You're a servant. Get yeah, out of here. Nanny with the iron fist or something. Yeah. But anyway, 
So does not take a liking to Thomas. Doesn't want him to touch. In fact, tries to order him around and stuff. And of course, Thomas right. does, does not take a uh, liking to that. Right. Uh, I love the scene downstairs after she tried. Uh, Nanny West tried to order him the first time. The and, eggs about the eggs. Uh, I don't know what, what she ordered him, but okay. I'm just talking about when when uh, Thomas went downstairs and she tried to give me orders and everything. Right. Was, <laughs> Bates said, "What? He, I, she, she mistake you for a servant? servant? <laughs> 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 I was, he is at the servant. Well, don't tell him that." There's <laughs> too much of a shock to great. it. That was hilarious. Yeah, it was. And it was one of the little nice repartee you get downstairs. But right. I, I was, thought it was also interesting, just a little moment there between Thomas and Mr. Bates because, you know, he still, Bates kind of regrets, well, I don't know, his second thoughts about whether or not he should have saved him because he, he's the one that saved Thomas from getting sacked. Right. By, you know, letting uh, the, right. the words out. To uh, Mrs. O'Brien, Mrs. O'Brien. About the soap. Mm-hmm. They just said the word soap. Mm-hmm. So you know, and you, you, I'm just thinking, okay, they're they're keeping that alive, not only just for nice conflict, but it's probably going to come back to bite them too. Well, I just also think it was interesting that Thomas was, um, you know, he was such a villain for so yeah. long, mm-hmm. and then kind of last series, he sort of relinquished his villain villainry and took a beating for James, right? Mm-hmm. And then. But now he's back. Now he's back. We've missed his villainy, yeah, exactly. so I guess. But that in was a weird way, I mean, he didn't. I mean, he was just kind of snarky. But she was snarky back, so he didn't really do anything that was villainous or you know underhanded. Right. In some sense. Obviously, he pulled Cora aside, excuse me, Lady Grantham aside, and said, "I don't think uh, Nanny West is doing right by the children and leaving them to their own devices and all that kind of stuff." So he plants a seed, but with good reason. Now, I don't think Thomas knew anything. No, I don't think so either. Other than he, she was being a bitch to him. Right. Right. So I was going. He didn't I, like the new girl. It's not like he's and prescient she, about these things. And that, she yeah. was bitchy. Yeah. So he decided, you know what? But, you know, it was just fortuitous that it proved to be true. And now he's going to. Boy, he, he lucked out oh, on that Oh, yeah. One. Now he's looking like a hero to Cora. Well, it's like finding the dog. Yeah, when exactly. He, when he, you know, right, hit the dog right. and then found the dog. Yeah. But found this, the dog. Yeah. But this one, I mean, this is just luck. It was. So. Yeah, it was. Great luck for yeah. him. Yeah. And, and, but I, I, that was one of the sh- more shocking moments of this particular episode. I was stunned. Yeah. I had to rewind and watch it again. Oh, did you? So oh, okay. Yeah, I was, I, I literally went, <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> I did. So, right. So she's, oh. Nanny West is. Nanny West is going on. And, and you know. Lady Grantham the, is overhearing from the just hallway. Listening. Waiting, you know, listening to just hear how lovely mm-hmm. it's going to be between Nanny West and the baby. Or and just checking on her because, you know, you know, Thomas had already told her, keep an eye on her. Right. You so. chauffeur's daughter. You Go back to, to sleep, you, sleep, you wicked little crossbreed. Crossbreed. Whoa. It's like, what? 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 That, that wonderful, cute, little roundy nam- nanny a- said that? Right. That was not a Mary Poppins or McPhee It was not an Annie McPhee moment. Shocking. No, it so. wasn't. And, and and then the way she, oh, I was just playing a game. What it's game are you playing? <laughs> what's the game? How to be a racist? How to <laughs> how to be an elitist? How, I mean, what what's the game? You know, so. Well, I loved Cora coming in and yeah. just taking over. Oh yeah, and, that was good. You know, she was. She is not to be with these people. She yeah, is sacked. She is out. Get yeah. her out of here. Yeah. And your values have I no place in a civilized n- home. I choose not to discuss this. Only to say that. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Right. You go, oh, way to go, Cora. Coming to the mm-hmm. rescue. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of, you know, again, it's really satisfying. I, you know, I had no idea. I read, that was a great turn because I had no idea that's what they were going to do with this Nanny West guy. I thought, okay, we brought in a new character and a nice foil for uh, Thomas. That's great. And then, boom, just to have this happen. I was like, whoa, that was just a shocker. 
And then she's gone. Right. Just that's it. Out. Okay. Right. Interesting. So now, so now, uh, so we got a lot of upturn, uh, uh, upheaval. upheaval. Got people coming in. Yeah, we got to get a new lady. We've got that. Damn it. Now they got to get a new nanny. And so that'll be, who, how's that going to affect everything? So we are getting some new blood coming into the, mm-hmm. so there we go. That's fun. But the whole storyline with the nanny, nanny is just, well, it was one. It was fun. It was, fun, it was fun, right. Fun. Well, it was really shocking. It, it was. was really shocking. And yeah. I loved that about it. Yeah. But, but what, it was kind of weird when, you know, she, she was still holding the baby and you know, Lady Grantham is talking to her. I'm going, geez, please put that baby down. <laughs> <laughs> I was afraid she was going to do something to the kid. Yeah. Oh, my. A little scary to me for a second there. So, all right. I want to move on to the couple of the other things. We, okay. We, 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 we got to burn through. Yeah, this we have to burn through. Because I, I love the Mrs. Hughes and the Carson storyline. So Carson gets this message, this note from, you know, right. uh, Grieg, an old f- uh, friend from the theater days. And right. Stuff, and he has no interest. He crumples it up, throws it on the ground. And, of course, <laughs> Mrs. Hughes. Exactly. Not minding her own business as she should. But, you know, she reads it, of course. And then that sets off the whole thing to find find out why this is happening and how we can help the guy. Go ahead. So interesting. The, the You used to sing and dance with him. Is yeah. It, like, what? 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 I mean, what? The, I, the only time I heard him singing was that other episode when they found out Mrs. Hughes was going to be okay. Right. And uh, he was really singing there. That was kind of the first time we saw him joyful. Right. Exactly. Actually singing. One of my Twitter followers had sent, sent me a note that said she thought that um, – Carson's mystery friend might be his brother. brother. And I think they have a brotherly mm. bond, but I don't think yeah, it's brothers. Yeah, I don't brothers. think it's brother. I don't know why, because the way they refer to each other doesn't seem very brotherly. Um, you know, but. Uh, you know, that can happen between siblings. Well, I guess, but, but you know, he, he, they call each other by their last names and they don't have the same last name. Right, so exactly. They don't have the same last odd, name. So. But, um, but, you know, used to sing and dance together and yeah. there was obviously something bad that happened yeah. between them. So we got some backstory but, and some history there. But so great of Mrs. Hughes to mm-hmm. see the opportunity to help two people at yeah. once, yeah. possibly even three. Yeah. She could be helping Carson right. in she this as well. Right, she could be mending that as well. But so she she brings it to Mrs. Uh, to Isabel and says, um, you know, I think that you should help this guy. And mm-hmm. she says, I don't think it's my place mm-hmm. to help him. And Mrs. Hughes says something to the effect of, I never in a zillion years, I'm sure she didn't say zillion, <laughs> would, have thought, would have heard you say something like that. Yeah. Um, I'd forgotten I had any energy or kindness in me. Yeah. And that, and that was nice to know that, that she still does. And for me, I have to say the Isabel storyline and, and the way that oh. it was conveyed in the actress and the whole thing, Penelope, I just thought that for, that was way more heart, heart, uh, emotional for me than the Mary storyline and how she was dealing with her grieving. Cause it, just the way she was doing it, it was just, she still had such. Uh, I don't even elegance about the way she was doing, it, but you could see the pain, and it was so deep, and everything like that. And the the, the lines she was saying is, you know, when you lose your only child, you're no longer a mother, mm-hmm. you're no longer anything. Mm-hmm. And and um, she's just dealing with that. And I was just, I just it was just brutal to hear the way she was feeling about that. And it was, as you say, the way the actress portrayed it was just so devastating. Yeah. I mean, you really got it, especially because we've seen her in contrast as yeah. being sort of, you know, chipper, stiff upper lip and, with people in the past. And nothing gets her down and she's always, yeah. you know, going to uh, get out there and, you know, charge up the hill and, and take on anything. And this, she's just gutted. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just devastated to watch her because I, I just was wanted, to say, and I was thinking, 
no one is going to be able to help her out of this. Who's going to go? No, because she's the one. Yeah, she's she's the the one one who saves everyone else. Exactly. And and it was great to see. I mean, obviously, uh, Lady Edith tried to help out and stuff. And and even in that scene, you could see that Lady Edith was doing her best and everything. But it was just Isabel wasn't having any of it. But the touch that she, you know, how sweet it was and stuff. And it was great that Mrs. Hughes figured out, you know, it's always that case when you're when you're feeling horrible, just do something for somebody else. Well, and they're kind of counterpoints, not counterpoints, but but, you know, the similar yeah. person in their two uh, communities. Realms. So, exactly. The so cats, Ms. So Mrs. Hughes for yeah. the downstairs and yeah. Mrs. Crawley for the upstairs, kind of the, you know, the champion of the downtrodden, right. yeah. both of them. And so it was nice that they were able to, to bring it yes. together because they've done that before when they were right. helping, you know, the. Whore. Uh, <laughs> former maid. Former maid. Hello. Uh, you know the gal who had yes. fallen upon fallen upon uh-huh. difficult times. Yeah. They Give came together to help help her, and yes. so this was another opportunity. I just yeah. I just thought it was a really beautiful moment. It was throughout. It was. It was. So we don't know the whole story between Mr. Grieg, uh, but yeah. I think Mr. Grieg is going to create some serious trouble down the road. Well, he'll have to. Why else bring him in? We got to stir up the pot. You know. I also thought it was this. Just sort of struck me that. Um, Isabel said, I've drawn you a bath. You know, here's a lady who's yeah. very, you know, cultured and all that. Yeah. Drew a bath for this. Yeah, but she's, she's smelly so guy. much into the whole. No, I know she's strata. not. I know she's not, but I just thought that was, it was, it was just it an was. interesting thing for me. And I thought it was, you know, a little like washing feet. Right. You know, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that was that yeah, moment was of nice. humility and opportunity to connect with people. And we got to see a little bit about what the workhouses, the Dickensian workhouses were. Yeah. We didn't see a lot of them, but we got yes. a little bit of it. Uh, and I also think that this may be an opportunity for us to see uh, more of how Carson used to be. I think I'm right. hoping that we'll get to see another side of him that we don't get to see because then, you know, it'll be interesting to see where he came from and what he be- what he became. I'm just looking forward to a tap number. <laughs> you want to see his, <laughs> a Carson song and dance? Is that what you're looking for? I am. I okay. am. Just, just real quickly, I know we went over the scene, but I just want to go through the lines of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see if it as being any of my business, says Isabel. Yeah. That's something I never thought I'd hear you say. And Isabel says, I don't think I'm strong enough. And Mrs. Hughes says, you are if you could set aside your grief to help another. And that is the best way yeah. to get out of one's own way is to help someone else. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I thought that was a very wise Good moment. And it's something I believe in as yeah, well, personally. So, so. Yeah. And even, you know, the Dowager tried to help uh, Isabel. They had their little oh, scene together. But yes. that leads into our Mosley thing. Uh, so we might as well talk Mosley. And I was just thinking of Mosley, you know, the poor sad sack Mosley <laughs> never gets away. We, we, we always call poor, poor Edith. And this is like poor, 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 poor Mosley. He just can't catch a break either. He's no. obviously lost a job for obvious reasons, he says. And, yeah. And, uh, you know. And six it, months later, still looking for one. Yeah. And, you know, he's kind of worn out the generosity of the uh, Granthams because they've been putting, uh, mm-hmm. well, allowing him to stay. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, but it's the Dowager that comes to his uh, rescue to some. And I'm going, well, that's interesting, too. You got the Dowager going to help Mosley. You got Isabel trying to help Mr. Grieg. And they're all using these things to, uh, in some way, d- deal with, I would say, deal with the grief of Matthew. Because, you know, when you can't control those things, you try to do something that you can control. Right. Or at least, uh, you know, move it along and stuff. So. Well, and also just get off of your own yeah, Exactly. Self. Get out of your own Yeah, that kind of thing. So I thought that was nice. And of course, Mosley turns out horrible at Lady Shackleton's. <laughs> There's, the, the luncheon is terrible. Nothing goes right because the... the well, that uh, rat. Yeah, well, yeah, but he's, somebody's trying to take his job. He's just, he's interested in job security, just like Mrs. Patmore is. She doesn't I like know. the mixer because she's 
job security. I know. Yeah, so, you know, there you go. But I just, you know, the, the buffoon that he, well, and he's not really a buffoon, but he's hapless, and it's kind of fun. He's the, the little comedic uh, diversion that Mosley is was nice. But he had some really nice moments with his father. I thought that was nice. Yes. It was tender. It was really sweet yeah, to see sweet. him. Yeah, it was. It was nice. Cause, you know, exactly. The, oh, yeah, I love the way that <laughs> Mr. Mosley uh, was. Senior. T- yeah, was senior when he was meeting with the dowager. He was tipping his hat, but the hat wasn't there. So <laughs> just tipping his bags. I mean, I mean, or fringe. Exactly. They and maybe that's what they did all the time. If you don't wear a hat. You know, I'm just, sure. Yeah. But it's just them. so funny. It looked like he was grabbing his hair. Well, it's a little like a salute. It was cute. You know? It was. Yeah, it was nice. So. All right. But. Uh, so let's go on Lady Edith. Yeah, let's talk about uh, Edith. Because, you know, we just talked about poor, poor Mosley. But here we have poor, poor Edith. So, you know, she's obviously got the Valentine. You've got you're keeping the Michael Gregson romance going. And mm-hmm. it was further here because, wow, the, you know, she was gonna, she met him in London. They, they had, you know, they were at the... Criterion. Meeting literary people. And oh, the, the party first, right. Yeah, the right. party yeah. first. And, and the rat, fancy yeah, red outfit. And the, oh, my God, they almost kissed there. And, ooh, it's getting steamy with Lady Edith. And then later at the Criterion, they kiss in public. Yeah, She's in talking public. about, I would never have gone out. Oh my mother God. said we couldn't eat in public Yeah, a few years and, ago. And, and now yeah, I'm no. eating in public. I'm, I'm showing, showing my, my ankles, yeah. And I'm kissing a man. <laughs> and he's married. And he's married. Wow. The things that are happening. It's just crazy. I, I want to call her it's, a harlot, it's, but it's like not really. Orgy. It's debauchery. But so he says to her, I got it all figured out. <laughs> I have a plan. I'm going to go. You said it earlier when we were talking about this. Yeah. I'm going to go yeah. where? I'm going to go to Germany and become a Nazi. And so then we can marry. I know. He, obviously, he didn't say Nazi, but that's just where I took it. So, so he just came out of World War One, the, the, the hated race of the Germans, and now he's going to go there. So right. She says, she says, you'd become a member of the most hated race in yeah. Europe. Yeah. For me? For me. I'm going, yeah, that shows how much he loves you, but poor, poor Edith. Poor, poor. I'm not so sure this is a great... Trade. I know. I mean, first she stuck with the old guy with the arm and, you know, <laughs> jilted at the alt- altar. And then, okay, so the next guy is married, who is his wife, since roughly an insane asylum. Ay, ay, ay. And he's going to go to Germany and become a citizen so that he can divorce his wife. And then finally they can be together. How do you think that's wow. going to play out? I don't, you know, we sometimes talk predictions early, yeah. but let's just do that. I mean... Well, it's not going to be good or easy because I. Well, because they're not going to go. Down no. Abbey is not going to go to Germany. I think we can say that pretty clearly. Well, I don't know. Maybe they will just to do that whole thing, and you know, because well, I can. It's kind of a spoiler, but we know that you know uh, Lady Edith is going to blossom, and she's going to be more in yes. the uh, flapper kind of. Uh, right, independent woman stretching independent her woman, wings. Exactly, kind of deal. she's going to be. You know, she's going to get into the literati, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, become a writer of some some note, I guess. Mm-hmm. So uh, who knows how far they're going to take that? Will they go? I don't know if they'll go to Germany or anything, but uh, whatever it is, I mean, it's going to be great for Lord Grantham. He's going to freak if he <laughs> had a hard enough time with her, her last bow. This is going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> well, and he is doing the sidelong glances whenever oh, yeah. Grayson he is, is not brought happy. up. He's Gregson, sorry. Yeah. Is go- he's you know people will be talking about him, and then there's Lord Grantham. Yeah, that's oh yeah, he's just sort of show, throwing scorn across the room. She can do better, mm-hmm. you know? but every father thinks that of his well, not every, but most fathers think that of their daughter. True, <laughs> Surely true. Your father did. So. Um, uh, <laughs> Uh, anyway, so uh, what are they going to do? I don't know how they're going to run out. Well, wh- what I was going to say was I don't think that 
Downton Abbey's going to go. Oh, actually, to preface this, how long does he have to be in Germany yeah, in no, order yeah. to? We don't become know that. Citizen. Yeah, to, yeah, to become, become a citizen. citizen it's not something you can do in a week, I would assume. Yeah, and, and he's going to move his wife there, too, or is it just he? I mean, it's all Right. The, how does that yeah, work? So I don't – the the machinations of it, I don't think are going to be easy to do no. within the cons- constraints of this yeah. show. And it won't make good TV to do all And it's not good TV. So, you know, a little like Carson being in prison. Yeah. Bates. Excuse me. Beg your pardon. Bates being in prison. Thank you. Um, so, uh, I'm just going to make a prediction and I think we're going to be talking about poor, poor Edith again. <laughs> again. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Those of you who may not have seen our podcast before because we have been coinciding yeah. with the U.S., um, yeah. broadcast in the past, poor, poor Edith was my hashtag it for, yeah, she, for she, her time. name wasn't Edith. It was poor, poor Edith because she was yeah, always. All right, so let's. Uh, our last little thing was the, 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 of course, the uh, Valentine's notes that the Ivy gets, and you know, and I'm sorry, that Daisy gets, and we learn, of course, it's not from Jimmy, it's, it's from, from Mrs. Mrs. Patmore. Pat so she doesn't have uh, admirer, but she does have, have a friend. A friend. And, you know, again, just these little moments that were just peppering throughout. They were just, uh, you know, I just like the way they do them. What about Ivy getting drunk? I know. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> And of course, Jimmy's at fault. You know, Jimmy's just, Jimmy's kind of, I don't know, he's a loose cannon too. He's just kind of, yeah, let's just go out. He's a pot stirrer. A pot stirrer. Yeah. A little bit. Absolutely. And then like, what, what, I, what, I didn't know what was going to happen. Like he can't see around the corner. Right. That wasn't going to happen. Right. So. Um, and then the mixer. Oh yeah. With Mrs. Hughes and Mrs. Patmore. Sweet, cute, Mm -hmm. fun. All right. Love it. I uh, want to talk some news. Yeah, because we've I think we've exhausted what we can about the episode. Now we'll get into some news. All right. There was an article in The Telegraph. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a reputable source, right? About. Oh gosh, I've just lost it. Sorry. OK. No, that was my last one. OK. Um, this episode was 96 minutes long. Oh, yeah, no, it was 90 minutes long. Stretched to two hours. Due to commercials. Uh, no, it was, yeah, it was 67 minutes worth of uh, actual screen time and 23, 23 minutes of commercials. Minutes of commercials. Yeah. So, so it a, has it been done. It was a dubbed. 90 minute thing that was 67 minutes worth of actual screen time. So people have been dubbing it Downton Addy. <laughs> For all the commercials. Yeah. Too many commercials. Too many commercials. Lots of people Downton coming Addy. out on Twitter talking about how terrible it was to be listening to all these commercials. The show was very nice in small snippets between ads yeah because, uh, <laughs> but you know this is nothing new because they had the same complaint last year i mean and of course itv came out and said like th- th- there's no more commercials here than they they've been for other 90 minute uh, broadcasts but i don't know it seemed like everybody was not happy with that part no. of it. It like, yeah it was nice to watch downton abbey between the commercials there was right. way too many commercials and there was just a little bit of downton abbey so yeah. who knows they're downton, angry about it downton abbey, downton abbey not happy with next them. week's episode is an hour and five minutes uh, so well that's what the running time is who knows what the how many, how com- many commercials yeah will- so it'll probably be only 44 minutes after you take the commercials out so that's know. a little horrifying yeah we'll, we'll be watching we'll yeah. be watching to see um this was the article from the telegraph uh michelle dockery talking about the ladylike world of downton abbey rubbing off on the female stars mm. she says that when she was in a restaurant with uh, Laura Carmichael, oh, okay. who plays Poor Poor Edith. Uh, the two of them sat with their hands clasped when they weren't eating, which oh, is, in their is lap? the proper way. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's the, you know, either your hands are engaged in something. If they're not, they they're sit hand, hands clasped. As opposed to like, with, like we're sitting elbows, like this. Elbows on the table. And, and someone stuff. noticed it and pointed it out. And she said, well, that's, you know, that's Downton Abbey seeping, seeping into my out. real life. So maybe something has rubbed off, she said. Ooh. 
Um, and she said, a quote was, there's one thing I do feel nostalgic about that kind of femininity. Mm-hmm. So the idea that, you know, the, I hate this term, but I'm going to use it because it's traditional, the weaker sex, you know, uh, the ladies being. Well, back in that time, that was considered. That was. Yeah tradition at mm-hmm. the time. The more demure side of everything. Right, exactly. Um, and she, the other thing she says is that she likes that she, in referring to the fashion, there's nothing gratuitous about it. You never see any flesh. And she says, but then I've never been the sort of girl who shows off my curves. So she seems very suited to wow. the life. And so, I mean, obviously that's why they cast her. She didn't have a lot of curves. curves to show <laughs> off in the first place. Exactly. She's a lovely young lady, but she's just not very curvy. That's also, all. speaking to those other times, the Countess of Carnarvon, yes, the who Countess lives at Highclere Castle, mm-hmm. she has a new blog that's out, and it came out about, I'm going to say about a month ago, maybe six ah. weeks ago, talks a little bit, little snippets about life at Carnarvon. She talks about, you know, when she was out getting muddy, walking the dogs recently, that uh-huh. sort of thing. It's a, it's delightful to read, so, so wow. if you get a chance, oh, read that. So but Countess she, blog? Yeah, the Countess of Carnarvon has a blog. She said that she does admire the slower pace of life, but enjoyed modern conveniences and the egalitarian mentality too much to uh go back to the time. Oh, she likes the slower pace of the Downton Abbey days as opposed to nowadays. Is that what she, she likes the sore place, but she likes the modern convenience. Right, of course she does. Her quote was, doctors and dentists today, I much prefer, <laughs> and I love washing machines. There you go. The words of the countess. From the countess. Like, herself. Oh, she actually uses a washing I think machine she actually or? does some laundry wow, on occasion. You know, if you, know. if you can't find the butler at that moment, you got to do a load yourself. Yeah, so there okay. you go. Okay. So is and that, that our is our news. That's our news. Great. Tonight. Okay. So we got any predictions? <sighs> You're after Buzz TV. I've sort of left, let a lot of mine leak out as we uh, went. You yeah, were good yeah. at keeping yours, so why don't you start well, with yours just, and I'll see if anything else This isn't else really my prediction. It's just a spoiler alert to some degree. I mean, it's they, they, it's not it's not really a spoiler alert. They've let it out, so it's the, the makers, uh, Julian Fellows, who's talked about it, um, uh, that uh, Branson is going to have a love interest as well. The new nanny, apparently, is going to be... Uh, oh, the new nanny. The new nanny. <gasps> I, did, I actually didn't know that. Yeah. So, oh, fantastic. Yeah, they, I have not been reading my UK newspapers, uh, exactly. clearly. So, uh, I forgot the actress's name. Um, uh, I don't remember her name. It's okay. Yeah, so uh, I think it's actually Daisy. Anyway, uh, that's a real name. But I don't know the character name because I, I don't know that it's been released. So I couldn't find it. But anyway, so the new nanny apparently is going to be a love interest, which I think is going to play into the so whole Edna thing. Oh, it is. That's going to be good. So we have the love, the love triangle. <laughs> so, the, so apparently Edna, who is the... the La- lady's like, maid. Lady's maid is going to be vying for Branson, what we think she will because she did prior uh, series. And uh, he's not going to have any of it because he's going to be interested in the nanny. Well, you know, one of the things we don't know about this show is that they, or, or we do know, is that they make great leaps in time. So, yeah, sometimes you know, do. the next episode could, it won't be, but it could be, you know, mm-hmm. a long time down the road. Could be, yeah. So, um, and we do know that Mary gets a love interest, love as, interest well. as well. So, but, so I just, I, you know, I want to reiterate that I think um, poor, poor Edith is going to be crushed once again. Yeah, I, I mean. But here's what I think is going to happen. Yeah. I think that she is going to redeem herself mm-hmm. through her work. Oh, she's going to find her I think she's going to really, exactly, blossom mm-hmm. and f- find fulfillment 
through work and, you know, her brains, which I think fits along perfectly with what's going on in society and the time. And she doesn't need a man and she doesn't need to, you know, live this cloistered life of of a lady of leisure. She's going to become something important. And maybe rather than following the path of marriage or whatever, she's going to say, screw it. I don't, you don't need to be divorced. Just we'll just have a, a long affair. Who knows? Maybe she, I don't know. Maybe that's I think that's possible. I think that's absolutely because possible. that would be interesting right there because that would certainly show some sort of well, I don't know if you call it progression or not, but that would be kind of mark that kind of change. Mm-hmm. And also, I think it would be interesting speaking to, uh, about the other uh, female, the other sister, Mary. So she's going to, I as I mentioned before, I think she's going to step into more of a, a leadership role in terms of the Downton and how it's run and all that stuff. Right. And the ideas that she championed or that Matthew championed, she might further. Uh, and, and obviously her own ideas as well. But I think it's going to be interesting because this will be the first working mother that we'll see on Downton. Nice. Because, uh, you know, we don't really see that kind of thing, but she'll be the working mother. Right. Right. So, uh, from in 1922. <laughs> I like that idea. So there you go. You know, uh, I want to encourage our listeners and viewers yeah. to comment and rate on iTunes, but also comment on um, YouTube yeah. and let us know your thoughts. Yeah, let us know what you think is going to happen or uh, how you liked the, 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 the story arcs or what, what yeah. you think is going to happen with what character and where you like to see the show go or, or where you don't want it to go. Yeah, because I love, love reading those things. I love reading the tweets because I do get yeah. tweets from a couple people in the UK and um, it's always fun to read those and, yeah. and we'll talk about it. Yeah, absolutely, because anything that we... we we find interesting that we can't come, or we didn't come up with. We want to know what, what, what you guys come up with so we can talk about it. Absolutely. So we always say we want to start the conversation here. We'd love for you guys to continue it so yeah. that we can, when, next time we meet, we'll have that as part of our show. Yeah. So thank you very much for listening. Tell everybody where they can find you and teach you. Oh, on Twitter, I am at Tamara Berg, T-A-M-A-R-A-B-E-R-G. Also, my website is TamaraCentral.com. Yes, and uh, Marissa, if they want to get in contact with you or find any, uh, anything about AfterBuzz, um, I'm on Twitter at Serafini TV. That's S-E-R-A-F-I-N-I. And, of course, you can always TV. go to AfterBuzzTV.com and let us know whatever you want or have any questions about the show at all. Yeah, you yeah. can't find me anywhere. You can't follow me anywhere. But I will be here next week, and uh, we will talk to you next time. Yes, Thanks for will. listening. Thanks for being with us. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.